What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 95, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Beast of Burden. Beast of Burden. Beast of Burden. I have to admit here Mm -hmm. that this morning when I put this, the, the promo onto YouTube and then shared it on Facebook for comments and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. I made a mistake um, because I was using swipe on my iPhone to, uh, uh, to type, uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. it added a letter into Beast that uh-huh. changes the meaning significantly. Um, um, let's see. Well, I'll go, with the, I'll go with, the, with the rated G version. Did it plural the, the word? No. Ah. No, um, no, it... it it did added, it, make, it, it, it did, became a body part. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee. I know exactly what you're saying, but I'm trying to think of something else. Can't In think any of anything case, else. Uh, so I yeah, so it. you posted, uh, you posted some uh, chicken, chicken of burden. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, uh, delicious. Exactly. Very mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in any case, um, I that have been fixed hilarious. that on YouTube. I made the edit. Um, I, I don't know if that edit, you know, tra- trickled down to Facebook. You didn't do that right away. Um, in any case, um, I felt slightly embarrassed and also giggly at the same oh, that's time. Hilarious is what that is. That is yeah. hilarious. So, so anyway, but suffice it to say, this is beast of this burden. Is beast of burden, and not yes. something else. Not something else of burden. But uh, hey. You know how we can make these jokes? It's because we're an independent podcast. That's not how you can make these jokes. We can make these jokes no matter what. But whatever, friends. We are an independent podcast. We are independent because, number one, we want to be. And number two, it's because we got this Patreon thing over there that if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Thank you so much for all the people that contribute every month. It is super appreciated for your information, other folks that may be hearing this for the very first time is that every dollar we receive is offsetting Zach's computing device. It is necessary because without a computer, we are forced to doing the podcast through Semaphore, and that is ridiculous. It's a lot harder to do Semaphore. It is much more difficult. It is nigh impossible. However, it would be possible, and I would be interested to see how that could be done and how long it would take. And Anyway, um, you know, so if you're worried, uh, hey, is there going to be a whole bunch of stuff on this Patreon that I will never be able to listen to? The short answer is um, no. The longer form answer is, of course, there's going to be stuff that you're not going to be able to hear at first unless you're on Patreon because that's how it works. But uh, obviously, we want to be doing this for the benefit of not only having a good time ourselves, but also to be sharing this with all y'all. So the content will always be on our main feeds uh, at some point for sure, uh, along with our main show here. Uh, you'll be able to find us on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and where your regular podcast aggregator goes. It's all good. And uh, we once upon a long time ago, we used to regularly say, hey, if you put a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll do a dramatic recreation. And that's still technically true. You'll notice that I haven't really talked about it much. That's in part because I was like, I don't know, man. If, if nobody's really interested in that, that's not a big deal. No worries. But... Um, <clears throat> Apparently, folks are listening to the back catalog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, That that uh, said, it is really important that people like, you know, like hit that five star and put that review in there because that helps other people find us in 
Apple's algorithms and in Google's algorithms yep, and Google's all of that stuff. So thing, it's good. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So what were you saying, Brent? Do do we have oh, I was thing that we have to do now? Yeah, we do. Yes, oh, we okay. certainly do. And okay. that uh, guarantees that I'll be working on this thing for a few hours afterwards. It's funny. These things are a delight to do. And they represent an enormous amount of work. <laughs> I'm like yep. damning myself to like three hours worth of audio editing here. But hey, you know what? I think uh, I think we're going to have a good time with this one. Yeah. You ready? So, ready to ready to dive into this one? All right. Let's do this. Okay. Let's go. Captain's Log, Stardate, 779-2913. Mostly Spanish, tells us that this is a seven-chevron show. Zach and Brent have a good format per episode. They first give some background information on actors and directors for the episode, and then they talk about world events at the time. Then the episode synopsis, followed by discussion and ratings. Captain, they always finish the show with... My favorite part, with Brent trying to work out the plot of the next episode from the title. So far, he has only partially succeeded with, surprisingly, one false step. It is a great show, and the format gets better as the episodes progress. It grows the beard partway through season one. Like me. Well, I did it in season two, but you understand. <laughs> I'm I don't know if if any of our characters actually translated that well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they didn't. Oh. I don't care. Oh. I'm pretty sure that folks are thinking that I was doing a Kirk impression instead of a Jordy LaForge impression. That's okay. Ah, uh, you know. That's all right. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, thank you so much to uh, Mostly Spanish for dropping us a review. Uh, that was great to read and a lot of fun and gave us a good idea about how to do the dramatic recreation. And now I got to go find a bunch of like royalty free <laughs> sounds that sound vaguely like Star Trek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Mostly sure Spanish uh, is uh, from, I think, the UK. Uh, he He's from... Europe somewhere, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember. And so, see, we don't get the Apple reviews from non-US things here. So what Correct. he did is he put that review in his aggregator in his system over there, and he took a screenshot and sent it to us via email. Uh, and you can do the same if you are an overseas listener. Yeah. And uh, then we, too, will give you the recreation you deserve. Mm, the one they deserve, eh? All right. Well, so okay, Zach, the one that we can produce. <laughs> there is a bit of a gap between those two. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, so Zach, if somebody uh, if somebody has made a review, yes, uh, in an overseas Apple podcast thing, and they want to yes. take that screenshot and send it to us, how how might they how might they go about doing that? So the best thing you should do is email it to us, and our email address is really easy. It's just walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That is W-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-D-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Did you get that? 
because uh you know it's pretty pretty straightforward obviously pretty straightforward uh just make sure it's a definite article not a not an indirect definite article because correct that will not get to the right place mm-hmm. um it will not you could also follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, and you could probably post that there. Uh, Brent will probably see it and then eventually get to us. So <laughs> eventually. That's, that's an option. It, it's the yes. legit. Uh, or you can go to Facebook, Walking Through the Stargate. We've got a Facebook page. Go ahead and hit that like and follow button and whatever it is that you have to do on there. And then go to the Facebook group, which is also called Walking Through the Stargate, because mm-hmm. this is a Stargate podcast. This is a Stargate podcast. And uh, then you can join that group and all of that stuff. And that's another place that you could put this. But uh, email for these would be the best thing. But if you want to get a hold of us, just these are how you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, you can also um, join us on Patreon. And uh, mm-hmm. you can get uh, the various uh, additional podcasts as soon as they drop. Uh, last month, David and I did a podcast to kind of introduce things and get things going. And mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago, we recorded a second one. Uh, and as soon as we can, we will get that up and uploaded there for our Patreon listeners. Uh, it's It'll conceivable probably... you get that. Are we going to get yeah, that before, before this one? Before this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so what I was that going. one will probably be there. And if it's not, look for it because it's coming soon. And... Yep. Uh, one of the things that Patreon supporters can do is vote for a rewatch because apparently sometimes you think that we don't review these things properly. Uh, that I we mean, I don't know where do, you get that idea. I, uh, you know, well, because it's <laughs> me and it's you and we're goofballs. <clears throat> I mean, in an, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> well, okay. in any case, uh, you can go to Patreon and uh, when you join, you get a certain number of votes and when in uh, these episodes get a certain number of votes uh they will force us to rewatch that and we have now two in the pipeline ready to go well yep coming up we will be yep. recording one later on this week uh yes. during our thanksgiving break here in the united states yep. and get that up to your patreon listeners right away and mm-hmm. as brent mentioned if you are not on patreon you will get access to these eventually uh, just not right away. It will be in the Correct. future at some point in time. Uh, I promise that you will get them all. But if you want to listen to them right away as they drop. Right now. Instant um, gratification. Yep, that's right. Then you need to join us on the Patreon. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. So, Brent. Yes. We are on episode 95. I know. Which is kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> A little baffling. Yeah. But uh, in a way, in a way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but in approximately uh, five episodes. Mm, more uh, like specifically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, like, like exactly five episodes. Exactly five episodes. Uh-huh. We yep. will hit episode 100. I know. Which I is know. exciting. It's a cause for celebration. I know. It yep. is. So how are we going to celebrate this? We <clears throat> are going to do two things. First. We are going to launch a fancy pantsy new website. So, Zach, we didn't talk about this before we started recording. Um, I got the domain registered. Should uh, we yes. tell folks what the domain name is? Uh, so, the Patreon folks have heard. Well, so ah, good. If, okay. If you drop episode two of the other side of the Stargate with with David and me, uh, yes. then the Patreon folks will have already heard the title of yep. the domain name of our website. And okay, well, then I'll make sure that, that happens. Yeah. So so they've heard it, yeah, but now sure it happens. is time yep. for everybody to hear it. So drop it uh-huh. on us. 
Okay, we are going to be at, I know I know what you're thinking, friends. I know what you're thinking. You're like, duh, you're going to do that dumb thing that you've done all this time. You're going to make us type in walking through the Stargate and like that's going to be like a seven jillion dollar. No, no, friends. Oh, no, 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 no. We have WTTS dot space. space. It's a piece of cake to remember. Not the .com, because that's dumb, and not .org, because I can't remember who that is, but it's not us. Um, but no, we got, uh, we're got going to be at WTTS.space, because we thought it was funny, and that's kind of, that that's kind cool. of the motivator yeah. for most of our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll be yeah. there, WTTS.space. Uh, what we have uh, live for episode 100, um, you know, again, I'm still not 100% sure what we're going to have. We're going to have basic stuff for sure, and yeah, it's going to be a playground where I can do weird programming so, stuff i guess Brent, um but if i yes. were to go to my web browser right now and type in wcts.space what would i see at this very second that we're recording yes i don't know but i do know that i reserved the domain name <laughs> 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 i haven't even bothered to hook it up to a thing that lets me do stuff with it yet ah, <laughs> i mean that's okay. next on the list and it's shortly actually i don't even know let me see let me see if i can find out um, but let's see here. I'm going to my favorite web browser. I'm going to WTTS.space, hit and return. And yes, yeah, so it can't open because the server can't be found. However, however, um, it is ours and it is ours for the keeping. And uh, we will absolutely be putting up content here in short order. When a person types in that stuff, when I get my act together, the thing that you will see will be a little shoveling dude <laughs> with a site under construction. <laughs> You gotta have the music there. Yeah, I get. Oh, uh, there's a part of me that kind of wants to make it like a little annoying. You remember? You remember Hamster Dance? Remember that website way back when? Uh, way kinda. back when. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, no, I'm talking way back it, when. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me about Hamster Dance. Yeah. So you know that web page was just a page, a bunch of animated. Uh, 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 GIFs. Um, that's why I pronounce it GIF, everybody, because I'm going G, 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 G. Animated hips of a bunch of hamsters bouncing around <laughs> with a uh, with a little MP3 file that just looped in the back, you know, of a. Oh, I don't even know what song go. it's from. <laughs> wow. Yep, that's it. Okay. Um, that was Hamster Dance. Oh, I wonder if I can find the Hamster Dance song. Oh, my gosh. All right. It's going to get so annoying. Anyway, uh, we got a website. It's about ready to pop. Uh, and we're going to have that thing ready to go for episode 100. That's thing number one. I mentioned there were two things, Zach. What would be thing number two? So number two is an invitation to you, dear listeners, to send us one minute of audio content. This audio content will be aired, probably, uh, you know, depending, I mean, if like every single one of you sends me an, a minute, then that's a lot of minutes, so I'll have to that's just That's a lot of minutes. Uh, but lot of minutes. you are free to send stuff, and we will use as much as we can of this. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and tell us about uh, your experience of episode 100 um, of Stargate. Tell us your yep. experience of your first time engaging with stargate when did you know first watch an episode of stargate and what was that like uh tell us how you found our podcast and oh, why you listen there's to a our, good idea you know there are you know, the sky is the limit 
Space is the limit. Space. Space. Space is no longer the final frontier. No. It's Not just the frontier. It's so just, it's just, go it's out frontier, into that right frontier right and build a little hut. <laughs> build a little hut. <laughs> <laughs> Put some stakes in the ground and be like, this is mine. This is my little spot yeah. right here. Yeah. Yeah. Right so, there. Whatever. Yeah. And once you have uh, uh, recorded that, uh, and anybody who has a smartphone has a smart enough system that they can record that easily enough. This is you true. You can email that file to us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com, and we will find it, and we will use it, yep. and yep. go from there. So. Yeah, that's right. That's all good for stuff. episode 100. And since 100 is coming yeah. up faster than you <clears throat> think, it's coming up fast. go ahead and get that's those... Right. Uh, those uh, clips in to us soon. Mm-hmm, uh, we mm-hmm. already have a few, and I know I'm certain that we're going to get a few more. Um, yep. And uh, I agree. Yeah. So there you go. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, Brent, yeah. shall we dig into Beast of Burden? Yes. Let's get into it. All right. Beast of Burden is episode seven of season five. It is directed by Martin Wood. This is his fourth of eight episodes that he has directed this season. Mm-hmm. The teleplay for this is by Peter DeLuise. Now, we hear his name all the time, but not too often in the teleplay category. Um, but, however, we will hear his name two more times as the te- as the writer of an episode this season. Um, gotcha. All right. And we have actually seen him write some other things before. In season four, he wrote the first ones, which is also about Unas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Serpent's right. Venom. And uh, that was, I think, Teal getting uh, kidnapped and tortured. And then you had Entity, right. uh, where Carter gets uh, controlled by, by an computer. artificial intelligence. Yeah. By a computer. Uh, and so now we have his fourth writing uh, credit of the show in this episode, Beast of Burton. Mm-hmm. He's got two more of this one. And if I counted correctly, he has a total of eight more writing credits for the show. And I'm not certain now anymore if that was eight from this point or eight from season six on. I, it's it, he's got several. He's got to say he, he mostly will hear his name directing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So in this episode, we have a few guest actors that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. First of all, Chaka returns. Yes. Uh, and is played by Dion Johnstone, yep. who played Chaka in the first ones, and of course we saw Dion play uh, the fifth man yep. in the SG-1 team yep. a few episodes ago Which earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in uh, the episode Rules of Engagement. He was one of the Jaffa, human Jaffa warriors that Apophis was training. Um, you know, he was the leader of the, the Jaffa group and not the leader of the SG group. Do you remember that one? I sure do. And Zach, um, I'm realizing, what was... Um what was that character's name? Do we know? We must have known. I, and I'm driving at what I'm driving at is that um, did they not have like human call signs uh, for the um, training? They did. They they had human names and they had um, their their you know. Non-human was it Taylor names. or was it not Taylor? Uh, it. I don't think it was Taylor. I mean, Taylor I was the name so of either. the guy from Yes. Yep. So this is what I'm driving at. Like, uh, sorry, uh, okay. a little bit of rewind here. The for for uh, 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 fifth man, um, that alien implanted in the team a false memory of Lieutenant Taylor, 
that was, you know, that they were running around. Tyler. Doing, doing, Tyler, 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 thank you. Tyler, Tyler. whatever. But the point is, um, all of a sudden, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, maybe he was recalling a false or, you know, a memory. Maybe he was building on a memory, a previous memory of oh. when SG-1 saw this guy, you know, in battle fatigues, running around playing playing pretend that, you know, training to be, uh, you know, an infiltration group because, because, uh, uh, um, because he was told to do so, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying, I'm just saying maybe that was it. Well, it, it, that's possible. It's possible. I would have to do more research. Yes, of course. Somebody would have to do more research. So let us know. Yeah. <laughs> you have been tasked. So been we have Dion back uh-huh. in this episode. Yes. Um, this is not the last time that we will see Dion Johnstone in Stargate. Um, but uh, um, this might be the last yeah. time we see Chaka. I, I, I know we see him again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't remember if we see him. I don't know. Yep. I can't. We'll so why not? We'll, we'll see. We'll figure it out. We also have Alex Zahara. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually a name that is familiar to Stargate fans. He plays Shy One. He's one of the um, one of the uh, uh, Unas. Yes. Um, and they actually only had three actors in full Unas costumes. They had several other actors who had like masks and and hands, oh, I but see. they didn't have I the see. full. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so. But anytime you saw like a specific Unus in the show, it was one of these three guys: gotcha. Alex Zahara, Vincent Hammond, who plays the big one. Oh, yeah, uh, and of course, Dion Johnstone, who plays Chaka. Yep. Um, Vincent Hammond. Let me go back to him real quick. He he was in the first ones. He played one of the he played the big one in the first one as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, a different um, big one. Though. And now Alex. Yeah, different big one. Alex Zahara, though, uh, he played Zales in the episode Spirits. Mm. Uh, that was the Raven bad guy. So Spirits is the episode yeah. with the, the Native mm-hmm. Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, Zales. Uh, he also played the alien leader in Foothold, mm-hmm. um, which, again, was, uh, you know, large costuming, you know, makeup mask and all that stuff. So you probably didn't see his face. However, he also played Michael in 1969. Oh, well, who's Michael? So he was the driver. I mean, yeah. there was a couple, you know, I can't remember her name, but he was Michael and his girlfriend oh, yes! were in the bus that the, yes! they hitched a ride with yes! and drove because they were on their way to Woodstock. Yes! That was Michael. That was yes! Alex Sahara. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so Alex plays uh, Shy One. Yep. Um, and actually, as I was watching the commentary the other night, uh, they were saying that the part of Shy One uh, grew because of how well he did. Oh, nice. I mean, you know, so like uh, some of those scenes uh, where you see like Shy One helps and, and pass the, the, the yeah. walkie-talkie back and forth, mm-hmm. right? And, and that wasn't originally in the script, but there was something in his portrayal and in the development of that character that just made that a moment that was added kind of in the moment yeah. um, and made part of that. Um, also, the moment when Shy One and Chaka first connect uh, mm-hmm. before Jack and, and Daniel go in there to try to oh, save uh-huh. them yep. mm-hmm. is a moment that was like, oh, hi, how you doing? And that was it. And then the heroes come in. But uh, that was an extended scene because of Alex Ahara's portrayal nice. of and Dion's. Yeah. So, Super good. Um. And we have one more name to talk about, mm-hmm. and that is Larry Drake. He played Burak. Mm-hmm. 
the head slave trader. Yep. He was born February 21, 1950, and he died March 17, 2016 mm. of blood cancer. Mm. Um, he had a solid career that spanned television, film, and stage, uh, including the 1990 feature film Dark Man. Mm-hmm. He also has a couple of Emmys from 1988 and 89 for playing office worker Benny on L.A. Law, mm-hmm. the dramatic TV show. Mm-hmm. So Benny was a character who was mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. Um and Drake, when he was talking about that role, he portrayed Benny not as a stereotype, but as a man with a full range of emotions. Mm-hmm. And that seems to surprise people uh, that such characters can feel as much as they feel and note as much as they note. However, mm-hmm. um, he did an amazing job with that part. He got two Emmys. Uh, he was so good in that role that when... Joseph Malozzi, or mm-hmm. Malozzi, I don't know yet, <laughs> um, uh, first heard that Larry Drake was coming to the show. He was surprised because he didn't realize that he wasn't actually oh, uh, yeah, mentally I see. challenged. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, he really had some really quality stuff yes. in there. Um, so, and then he says... This there will all be always be those people who want to put me in a nice neat pigeonhole. Uh, I think people have to start realizing that what I do is act. What I don't do is create an image and live by its rules or expectations. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a uh, one of the things that that uh, he got frustrated with over his career was kind of getting typecast into uh, either the villain or the the Benny type of character. And so one of the things I think he's uh, sharing in that quote there is, you know, what what I do is I I act and and I do what I do. Yep. Um, And uh, I don't let you put me into wherever you want to put me. I'm going to just do my thing. Yep. So. Nice. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original air date for Beast of Burden was August 10, 2001. Mm Mm-hmm. Number one on the charts in the U.S. was still Bootylicious by Destiny's mm-hmm. Child, and in the U.K. was still Eternal Flame by Atomic Kitten. There you go. And since we talked about both of those last time, I don't feel it necessary to really dig into either one of them. Nope. Now. Yep. I think you're... Nope. Yep, that's right. All good. All right. Now, we have the box office yes. for this week of August 10, 2001. Um so, we have American Pie 2 is number one. <laughs> I remember seeing that in the theater. Uh, I was probably uh-huh. one of those people who made that number one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh-huh. You're welcome. Uh, Rush Hour 2 was number two. Uh-huh. That was number one last week. Number three last week was The Princess Diaries, yep. and it holds strong at number three yeah, again this go. week. Right. The others is a brand new movie this uh, this week, and it tops out at number four. Okay. And then, of course, rounding out the top five is Planet of the Apes. Ah, yes. Gotcha. So. Okay. Those were our box office hits yep. at this point in time. Yep. All right. We have some uh, things about what was happening at this point in time. So, on August 8th, two days before this episode airs, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman... Get a divorce after 10 years of marriage. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. So, you know, they they were all like, we can totally do that movie Eyes Wide Shut. It's not going to hurt us at all. Oh, well, well maybe it did. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure it was the movie. 
bet you that there was other things. <laughs> However, uh, okay. they did coincide right at the exact same time. Fair enough. Fair enough. On August 9th, mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I remember this happening. U.S. President George W. Bush announces his support of federal funding of limited research on embryonic stem cells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Embryonic stem cells at this point in time was a cutting-edge field that was promising to offer all sorts of different medical treatments for a thousand different possibilities, Um, but you need embryonic stem cells and not, you know, so what you're talking about is taking an embryo, which is something that could legitimately grow potentially into a human being and basically destroy it as you do your research Mm -hmm. on this. Mm -hmm. And it was a big ethical question uh, would George W. Bush allow for uh, federal funding of this? And here he says, well, so you can't like make new embryos for stem cell research. That's a no-go. But if you happen to already have the stem cells, they're in your back pocket already, then <laughs> I guess it's okay. Uh-huh. So do you remember there that? You oh, yes, I do. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then on August 10th, the U.S. and the U.K. reject a proposal by U.N. Secretary General Kofi Annan to permit the Iraqi government to use $1 billion per year to fund infrastructure improvements and to increase oil production capacity. Yep. So. So. There you go. That's pretty much what it is. There that is. All right. So. Trivia for this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll get there. Uh, so this episode was shot at Bordertown, a Virtue Studios filming ranch just east of Vancouver. Mm. So mm-hmm. Bordertown is a TV show, and this is it. We've actually seen this location before. They shot there once before for the episode 100 Days oh, uh, for okay. the planet Adora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where where uh, yeah. O'Neill gets stranded on Adora, yep. uh, and they've got the, the uh, meteors sitting the ground and such. Yep. So they they reuse that here. Uh, they were originally planning to use this uh, set for an episode of Atlantis several years later, but by that point in time, uh, it had degraded so badly that they couldn't use it anymore, and they had to pick a different gotcha. uh, location. Interesting. And it wasn't yeah. long after that where they had to take the whole thing down. Yep. I see. But for this episode, it's here. Yep. All right. Um, so as I was thinking, Dion Johnstone, uh, this is, of course, he reprises from first one, uh, and this is the last time we will see him in this role, so. Yeah, okay. So, yep. off Shaka goes to rescue yep. the rest of the UNS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now, to be fair, I said this is the last time we see Dion Johnstone in this role. <gasps> oh! Okay, good to know. So Stick a pin in that. There you go. All right. Yep. And then we have uh, Herbert Duncanson mm-hmm. and Finn Michael, who are two of the guards, and they are actually stand-ins for Christopher Judge and Michael Shanks. Gotcha. Yeah, thinking on it, I can, uh, you know, I, can, I can definitely see that as I'm thinking about it. Yep. Yep. Um, now, when I looked at this episode title in other languages, the French call this Masters and Servants. Uh-huh. That works really nicely. Hungarians call it Slavery. Okay, mm-hmm. that works. Italians, uh, Beast of Burden, yeah. and the Spanish, Beasts of Burden. Yeah, yeah. The Czech go Domestic Animals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, 
and the Germans. Oh, yeah. Call this episode. What? Chaka. Yeah. Chaka. <laughs> They're back. Little They're back the to their old ways, there. Zach. They're back. They're like, you know what? Let's see here. What can we call this episode? Um. Well, I don't know. What's it about? Well, it's about Chaka. Well, there you go. There's the name. Okay. Well, let's call it Chaka. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> all right. <sighs> so, all right. Well, are you ready for the synopsis of this episode? Yeah, let's dig into this thing. All right, here we go. What's this? A hidden camera? A generic energy bar? What are they doing outside by the gate? Oh, look. It's Chaka. Yay! This must be P3X888 because, you know, of course, we all remember the designation of every single planet we've ever seen. Jackson is clearly doing some field research and wants to give Chaka a treat. Wait, what, what? Who's, wait, who's that? That, that's not Daniel. And who are those thugs flanking him? Chaka steps closer and offers the man the energy bar. Would you like to be my friend? Suddenly the man shoots Chaka with a zat gun. Zat, Chaka falls over. Boo! I mean... Boo for the shooting, not boo. Sometime later, Daniel is watching the camera footage, looking very disturbed by what he sees. Daniel wants to find out what happened to Chaka and to free him from whomever that was who took him. O'Neill honestly doesn't really care. But there are humans that have ghoul weapons and there don't appear to be any ghoul around, so figuring out that mystery is valuable too. Perhaps they have more ghoul weapons. Okay, O'Neill cares about that. And Hammond agrees to the mission, and SG-1 heads out. On the planet, SG-1 discovers the people use Unus as slave labor. The Unus are treated as nothing more than beasts, and are often called precisely that. Apparently, they've been doing this for so long, the inbreeding within the Unus population has led to the decline of their productivity. And the primary slave trader, whose name is Barak, uh, sees only one choice in front of him. He needs new stock to add to the mix. And when he found Chaka on another planet, he found precisely what he was looking for. While Teal'c and Carter stay back watching over things, Jackson and O'Neill head into the town to see what they can learn. Posing as traders, they discuss the possibility of potentially purchasing an Unus from Barak. Barak fills in our team with the details of this planet. The Gulwold, you know, those one with the glowing eyes, used to be here with Unus, who, uh, and the Unus used to help subdue the population. But centuries ago, there was an uprising, and the humans swapped places with their Unus overseers. Where the glowing-eyed people went, we don't know. They just disappeared. They went away. They went on holiday. They <laughs> took a bath. Who knows? We don't know. They, uh, you know... Forgot their keys. Whatever. But since the uprising, the humans have now been in charge and the Unas work for them. And according to Barak, they treat the Unas far better than how his ancestors were treated by the Unas. To which I say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. You go on and tell yourself that. Things are going well enough until Barak takes Jack and Daniel into the barn where several Unas are imprisoned one of whom is Chaka. Chaka and Daniel recognize each other immediately, and Chaka speaks Daniel's name. Daniel! Daniel! 
Enoch is shocked that a beast can speak at all, and he's angry at being deceived. Daniel wants his Unus back, but it'll cost him two Unus of equal lineage to get Chaka back. Well, that ain't going to work so good. That evening, Jack and Daniel sneak into the barn to break Chaka out. Sam and Teal'c are there to provide cover, but under no circumstances are they to take human lives. Prior to the rescue attempt, Chaka and a shy Unus connect. The shy one sees something in Chaka that he wants, the taste of freedom. Unfortunately, the rescue attempt doesn't go so well. Chaka won't leave without the other Unus captured in the barn. They're marked for death and need rescuing as well. Also, Barak's posse hears the commotion and storms the barn. Carter and Teal'c aren't able to hold them off, and Jack and Daniel are captured. The next morning, Daniel and Jack find themselves in separate ce- find themselves in separate cells in the barn along with Chaka and several other Unis. Barak enters the barn. He wants knowledge of the Stargate, and he tortures Jack and Daniel, but they don't reveal any information. Daniel continues to press Barak to release them and Chaka. The Unas are intelligent beings, and using them as slaves is morally bankrupt. Barak coldly kills an Unas with a P90, and he threatens to kill more and more Unas until he learns the secrets of the Chapa'ai. Jack is fed up with the situation and is prepared now to escape with all three captured Unas in the barn. And now he is far less concerned with human casualties. Teal'c and Carter set up a diversion by exploding a cart of hay near a building and blowing up the ready stores of water. As the villagers scramble to deal with the fire, Carter sneaks into the barn and releases the prisoners. SG-1 and the three Unas escape toward the Stargate. As they approach the Stargate, they realize an ambush has been set up. Chaka leads the other Unas to disrupt the ambush so that SG-1 can escape. Gunshots, Zet blasts, staff blasts. Barak is there and aims to kill the shy one. Chaka grabs a staff weapon from one of the fallen humans and shoots Barak in the back. Standing over the slave trader, Chaka kills the trader for the abuse and torture he doled out to Chaka as well as to the other Unas. When the smoke clears, Chaka bids farewell to SG-1. They are free to go home. His task, however, is to stay and fight to release his people from slavery. Jack is dismayed. They didn't come here to arm the Unas. They did that themselves, says Daniel. Daniel tells Chaka that he doesn't have to kill. There are other ways. And with those words, SG-1 returns to the gate, while Chaka and his companions begin a revolt to end slavery. The end. The end. So, Brent. Mm-hmm. Beast of Burden. Yeah. What'd you think? Hmm. Well, um, for me, this one was a little complex because while I was satisfied with the... Well, maybe let me stop and just say, let me just do some preliminary stuff. Like, at, at, at a kind of a psychological and emotional level, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fried right now. Like, you know, the, the past several months. Yeah. Um, months, it's yeah. been, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been a challenge as it has been for lots of folks, uh, for sure. And so, uh, as I was watching this episode, I was, um, kind of getting a little annoyed with some of the equivocating that was going on. Um, it it makes a, it certainly makes a degree of sense to acknowledge that um, 
what's going on here is uh, humans are taking a species of creature and uh, and attempting to to turn it into a domestication type situation. And where it differs from domesticating a cow is that um, we view the uh, agency and the self-determination of an unas to be much higher and much more, uh, you know, much closer to a person such that this is reprehensible. And I agree. Um, and the obvious direction that the story was going in was a, you know, it, it's a, it's an exploration in the appropriateness or not of slavery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, so for that, it's like, it's like obviously where we're going with this one. And, 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 we also had an obvious uh, position of our heroes that I believe to be morally correct, which is this is wrong. Like everything about it was 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 pretty much like straightforward. Where I was getting a little bit like you know, I'll use the word annoyed. Um, that might be a little too strong. But where I was getting a little annoyed was that uh, you know when they first viewed the enslavement of the Unas, uh, the word domestication was the first one that was used, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our heroes were first concerned with rescuing the individual that they know, um, individually, rather than to disrupt the system at large. Which they talked about, and they acknowledged, you know, hey, this is probably not something that we should do. And then they also acknowledged this is something that we do. <laughs> like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You know, that was that was that was, that was all right. And um. And there was a little bit of that moral tension there at the end where uh, what SG-1 ended up doing was introduce violence into a system. And Jackson uh, was attempting to uh, wash his hands of it by saying that the Unas are choosing this. And I get why that line was put in there in that way. It's because we're talking, we're still talking about the agency of these people, right? Like, like, Part of the reason why we are uh, abhorred by what their situation is because they do have the ability to be self-directive and this ability is being curtailed through enslavement and they are self-directing themselves into uh, taking up weapons and uh, fighting for the violent overthrow of the system. And Jackson looks on with furrowed brows, clearly indicating that he's conflicted with this, but on the other hand, this is a thing that happens. And I also am a person that goes, yeah, like this is a thing that happens. Like when people are oppressed uh, and they have an opportunity to, uh, to, to do something about it, they often do something about it that uh, is destructive. And uh, that is the way, that is the way it is. Um, But the, but that kind of that dance around of the issue or, I felt like the I felt like Peter DeLuise and the other folks that were contributing to the story were trying to be uh, a little clever about the discussion of subjugation, and I don't think they needed to be quite so clever. Um, uh, I uh, think the reason why I'm hemming and hawing as hard as I am about it is because there we had already established the similarity of the Unas to us in the first ones, right? Like right. that we were using the character of Shaka for this purpose 
is in is directly to anchor us with that story. It's to put us into that position where we were once seeing uh, an enemy in a new light, and now see that enemy as a peer, uh, a peer at a different stage of development, but a peer nonetheless. And as a peer, we view that person as equal to us. And now we are seeing that equal in a situation of subjugation, but we're immediately pivoting into language regarding species and domestication. And that one was where I was like, ah, and I mean, you already made your bed that these are people equivalents. So we can't, uh, we can't unring that bell like that. That's, that's going to be a thing that's going to be happening. So um, I, I will, yeah. I will add a point here uh, of clarification is that, uh, from Daniel's perspective, and he actually makes a mention of this, is that when he first sees the Unas on the planet and he sees uh, Chaka there, uh, he makes an assumption, and you can argue whether or not it's a good or a bad assumption, but he makes an assumption, and I would say that it's not, uh, it's not totally unreasonable that he was looking at basically a different subspecies Oh. of Unas, and he was making the assumption, well, okay, you've got Chaka, who is clearly, you know, a, for lack of a better term, an advanced Unas, who has, sure. you know, sentience and whatnot, but these other Unas um, are less so, that they're less developed, uh, and it's not until later on, you know, and it's relatively quickly in the process, if I recall correctly, he realizes that, wait a second, these aren't different types of Unas who are not sentient and sapient, but, but these are, in fact, the same type of Unas who understand the exact same type of thing. Um, and so that's one of the places where, where Daniel shifts gears to say, we need to get Chaka out of here to we need to do something to upset I the system. I see. Okay, that was that was lost on me. I don't know if it was because I just missed it or because it was too subtle or what, but I didn't quite pick that up. Also, I'll admit that I was seeing what I want to see, right? Like I knew this was right. going to be a this was going to be a story, uh, a retake on subjugation and slavery, and so I already have my opinions on that one. And so as I'm walking in, if I see things that do n that look like um, that look like we're trying to paper over an issue. Somehow, mm -hmm. I'm going to be critical, right? But I hear what you're saying, and I did not pick that up. And thinking about it like that, um, okay. Uh, I And I also can see how a person can view Jackson's assumption on that one and go, really? Really, big guy? Really? You're like, you're, you're willing to split hairs on that one? And I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm with you. I can see both sides of that coin. Um, you know. Yeah. So by the time we got to the end of it, uh, by the time we got to the end of it, there was... Um, there was a bit of me feeling, uh, you know, understanding and appreciating the tension of what has transpired and feeling a little uh, positive about um, about Shaka going back and freeing his people um, while also appreciating the uh, problem that is the the uh, you know, the creation of violence. Um, you know, like, right. It, there it is. Uh, but my, again, I'm kind of stammering a little bit and, and struggling to talk about it because it, it felt complex, but it didn't feel, 
it didn't feel deliciously complex. We've had a number of episodes where there is uh, there is a there is a ph- philosophical statement that is being made in the episode, and there, we've had discussions where that philosophical statement wasn't even intended to be a philosophical statement, True. and we, yep. and we'll just go like, and you know how much I love those types of situations. I'm not feeling like this is one of those questions. Like for me, there isn't an awful lot of discussion around the matter. Uh, maybe there's some discussion around the appropriateness of picking up arms. Um, maybe there is some discussion about the appropriateness of subjugating different species of creature. Uh, those are conversations that are eons old. Uh, you know what I mean? Like th- there's right. aspects about that where we, we could be talking about. We, you and I could create a whole new podcast and talk ad nauseum on just those topics alone, right? Like, so so I'm not sure that I kind of want to really kind of dive into that just because like, surely they weren't intending for that. Like this episode has to be a discussion of, of slavery, subjugation, um, perpetual dominance, um, and the natural reaction against it and whether or not that natural, react- natural reaction should be um, encouraged or discouraged. And yeah. on those points, uh, the first half of those questions, I already have a hard set opinion about subjugation is not right. Um, that enslavement is wrong, that the dominance that was being exerted was morally corrupt and morally, uh, morally bankrupt and shouldn't have been doing it at all. No matter the justification, though that justification has been used a whole bunch in a whole lot of circumstances throughout human history. Like I'm not saying like it's without precedent, um, and then pivoting into the question of is it appropriate to be using violence in the uh, rectification of that? Um, now we're into me being there's 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 more than one answer for me. Um, I respect that right. another person's like there is not more than one answer. There's a yes or a no. Many people are like yes. Many people are like no. Uh, I I quibble on that one. But um, right. Although I will freely admit this is related, but tangentially that. Even vocalizing those thoughts right now, as you said, what'd you think, have made me feel more positively about the episode than when I finished watching it, which wasn't to say it was bad. It was just, it was just like, I was like, "Ah, all right, well, there, there it was. And now having talked about it, even for just having monologued about it, even for a few moments, I'm like, well, you know, there might have been a little bit more to it than I was giving it credit for. So there you go. So I'm going to stop and kind of pivot and say, Zach, what did you think about this episode? So, um... I, I found it in so overall I like the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say first I, I found it really interesting to hear some of your early comments where you talk about uh, your mental place right now, mm-hmm. uh, just being in a place of kind of perpetual exhaustion because that's mm-hmm. the reality of 2020 uh, that we are dealing with right now. We're just in this. Uh, you're in a place that's in a hot spot with the COVID nineteen yep. pandemic, and I yep. am too. Um, and you know it has it is wearing thin. The idea of COVID fatigue is a very real thing. Yes, that doesn't mean I think for either one of us we're especially changing how we're approaching it. But we are acknowledging right. that it's tiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with yes. all of that, um, you know, this is an episode that has a very weighty topic, mm-hmm. um, and I think that this episode addresses the topic that is weighty in a way that isn't a bonk bonk on the head this is what you should do 
that kind of lets it sit there and and be what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you know, I, I am exhausted, and I'm imagining that if I came into this episode not knowing what to expect, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know how I would be able to emotionally handle it. Right. Um, and and I'm hearing some of that in your words. I, on the other hand, have seen this episode many times. Yeah. So I know what the topic is. And so when I walked into this episode, I was uh, uh, emotionally prepared yep. for this conversation. And if I hadn't been, I think that would definitely have uh, shifted how I perceive things. Sure. Uh, yeah. In what way, I don't know, but I think it would have had an effect. So the fact that you got this far, I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, one of the things that Stargate likes to try to do is uh, say in sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle ways, we are not Star Trek. We do not have a yes. prime directive. Maybe we should, and maybe we shouldn't. Sometimes they right. say maybe we should, and sometimes they say maybe we shouldn't. Uh, as a general rule, they have decided that they are perfectly content with, quote-unquote, interfering with other groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frankly, so does Star Trek, but that's beside the point. That's beside um, the point. Um, so one of the things that this episode is doing is saying... Um, what happens when? And, you know, mm-hmm. you see this in O'Neill, where from the very beginning, where he, you can tell in his demeanor, in his posture, in his language, that what he sees going on here is, in his f- framework, morally corrupt. It's bang- You know, he doesn't think this is good. It's bad. Right. But he's also trying right. to think, like, what can I do about it? Which is actually right. a really good question for us. What can we do? Because... I mean, I hear that all the time in my line of work. Oh, so mm-hmm. there's all of these injustices in the world. What can I do about it? Uh, I can't do anything about it. Um, you know, it's just too big for me. Uh, you get some of that in in O'Neill's there, and it's it's never quite um, the tension is never released on that. He still stick with that the entire episode, which I think is good mm-hmm. because we as individuals never get to release that tension and that's part of the problem that's part of the, yeah. the, the the reality of things is that when we deal with in- injustices we got to recognize that there is a tension and the question becomes well what can i do about the systems that are in place here and sometimes we feel like there's not much we can do about the system and so we're just trying to live the best we can and finding that tension and remaining in that tension is part of the solution uh, mm-hmm. Not the only solution, not the only part of it, but but we can't, you know, the tension is important, and we see that in Jackson in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so one thing also as this goes on, uh, but when it's all said and done, uh, Jackson or uh, O'Neill makes the comment, "We didn't come here to arm these people," mm-hmm. and Jackson's response is, "Well, we didn't do that; they did that themselves." Um, and things change. Uh, I contend that whether SG-1 had shown up or not, Chaka would have done whatever he could to disrupt the system. 
Yeah, that's he would true. not have yeah. been one who would have lost his sense of freedom, lost his sense of identity. He would not have become a domesticated creature. He would have been uh, a call for freedom and would have, I contend, that, that Chaka, regardless of what SG-1 did, would have done whatever he could to break free. He probably would have succeeded eventually um, and started an uprising on his own. Yeah. I think, I think Chaka would have done that. Yeah. Um, so then the question becomes, um, what is my responsibility to the one who has taken on their own destiny themselves? And here we have, uh, you know, Chaka's initial response was kill, right. destroy him, shoot him in the back, right. get up in front of his face, blow his head off. Right. Um, and, you know, very few of us would look at that and says, well, okay, killing somebody, that's bad. Um, but, you know, I don't think very many people shed tears for Barack when he died. Correct. Um, but also at the same time, we see in Chaka uh, the bloodlust there. Right. And now we're like, okay, how am I responsible for this bloodlust? And I think Daniel does the only thing that Daniel could do in that situation is say, look, I can't stop you from doing what you're doing, and I don't think I should. But let me tell you, there are different ways to find what you're looking for, which is freedom, and not just freedom for yourself, but for your people, than simply killing the others and becoming an oppressor of them. Mm -hmm. That's the message he gives when he hands him the Zat gun. Um... And we'll have to wait and see whether or not Chaka takes that seriously and whether Chaka is able to follow something different. But that's where we leave it, with that possibility that says, you know what, maybe there are different ways than simply dominating the other side, even if they've been dominating me. And I love that message, because especially today, that's a message that we need to hear. Especially back then. I mean, I'm also listening. Well, sure, sure. You know, 2001. Uh, exactly. Needed to hear that as well. So it's not like this is. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, you're saying that and I'm thinking to myself about how like in one month's time, what, you know, like we're going to be hitting an episode, uh, you know, four, four or five episodes from now. Wow. Actually. Uh, whatever. I'm, I'm just sitting here. Is that going to tarnish our 100th uh, episode celebration? I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, you know, mm. like, you know, the events of the day, we're going to be plunging right into like, you know, terrorists attack the world trade center and the Pentagon and, and, uh, down a plane in, in Pennsylvania, like setting off an, setting off a series of events that have defined the American, well, the world experience to the degrees, but certainly the American experience for the past 20 years. Like it's, um, and it is a moment that is absolutely directly tied with a tit-for-tat response. Um, and I would be thrilled to get into the nitty-gritty of the philosophical and the geopolitical aspects. Of, you know what I mean? Like, I'll talk for hours about that one. I won't get into it this very second, but I'm just saying, like, the, even, even at that time, this message was poignant. Um, yeah. and, 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 and powerfully so in a way that was, that was, that, that nobody was expecting. Um, but it was still, it was still a message that needed to be heard. I think that you acknowledging my fatigue, uh, 
is informing my emotional reaction to the story a bit more even owning it and saying it up front I knew was important because I could tell that it was influencing how I was feeling about it for sure and right. uh going ahead and saying actually okay this one is this one is weighty this one is not and i and and therefore i think my reaction is a little bit more understandable because i was sitting here like what's there to talk about you know that exhausted way of saying why are we talking about this there's a right and a wrong let's just get going <laughs> like let's punch the bad guys in the face let's rescue our friends and let's get out of here why are we talking about or, you know what i mean like and and that's and that's fatigue talking that's not yeah. that's not rationality talking um. Uh, I think I had a point. I I swear I had a point, and it, it went well, over there. It went that way, Zach. If if I were to uh posit a supposition, uh-huh. uh huh. It sounds like um when I was able to acknowledge and accept your and, and validate your feelings of fatigue. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that opened up a window for you to see this in a way that you could see the complexities that the fatigue right. by itself prevented you from doing so. Tapping my nose right accurate? now, Zach. Tapping my nose. Hmm. Ah, well, there you go. Huh. So it's almost like if, uh, if we're willing to engage a person where they are and genuinely listen, like for real, and not necessarily enable that person one way or the other, but just see them where they are, that that allows that person to take a breath and, and understand a situation with a tad more complexity and a bit more creativity than they might otherwise. Absolutely. Huh. Uh, and here's the really tough part when it comes to that, is hmm. that all of that gives the other person the space to make that that acknowledgement of the complexity but that does not mean they'll walk into it and when they choose mm -hmm. not to walk into it how do we respond mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so can we continue to respond with that grace and uh empathetic listening when the when that grace and empathy is not reciprocated so bringing it back I think you're yes. saying that's what we're seeing with Daniel. Uh, I think we're seeing certainly elements of that with Daniel here. Um, right, at the end, at the very you end. Know, yes. At the end, um, he is recognizing that he played a role in all of this. Um, I also recognize, think that he recognizes that, that ultimately he can't control Shaka, nor... Right. Um, and I think he also recognizes that Shaka would have gone this route on his own. Especially after he and, sees Chaka being uh, abused and tortured uh, in that training session from the distance. Um, and maybe that was also a nod to the irony that uh, we'll fall into sometimes where we say we want people to be self-actualizing until they start actualizing in a way that we disagree with. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah. oh, no, no, not like that. Like, no, I want you to self-actualize like me. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, we're really good at that. Which, which, of course, is, by definition, completely not self-actualizing at all. You're just, you're just demanding that somebody fit your norm. Right, exactly. Right. So, you know, here in this situation, I think Daniel takes a moment and says, Chaka, you have to be you. Right. Um, 
But you does not mean you have to be deadly violent. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. There's many versions here. Right. Um, so a couple of things that are worth noting at this point in time. Uh, the, the writing team specifically wanted this episode to end with a uh, with kind of a, a an unsettled, unfinished feeling. They didn't yep. want because the heroes always win. Yes. And and in Stargate, we almost always see the heroes win. And we actually talked about this in a couple episodes ago with Red Sky, is that, oh, well, we wanted them to actually lose, but nope, the powers that be said, nope, have them win. And so mostly yeah. they won the day. And here we have another Martin Wood episode um, yep. where where they, they walk away having clearly affected things dramatically and they're walking away without things being all nice and pretty um which i appreciate a lot yeah so one i have one other thought um that is not in the same vein as we were talking about just now so i don't want to if you have more to say about our uh, moral conundrum i don't think so i think i'm good it. for now yeah go for it yeah M- make right. the shift. so pivoting a bit all right shifting uh, this one is a, it, I got two shifts. I'll do shift number one. And then we have a shift number two shift. Number okay. one, Teal'c and Carter were up in the woods and they had a direct order to sit tight and don't do anything. Wait. And in the scene, we see Teal'c at some point getting up and Carter going, where are you going? And Teal'c being like, I'm not going to wait any longer. We must do something. I'm getting the wrong words a little wrong, but not, but not by much. Off he goes. You're getting the idea absolutely right. Yep. Uh, okay. And off they go, and they engage, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even, uh, even O'Neill goes, I thought I told you to stay by the gate. And Carter's like, well, we're changing our minds. And it, it works and it flows, but it is yet another example of a breakdown in the chain of command, which, as you know, Zach, happens to be my favorite thing to beat on right now. Like the past several episodes of me being like, "Why? So our heroes are our heroes are being heroes, but they're they're providing me with so, ample evidence." <laughs> uh, I I would say one thing that we have learned from O'Neill when it comes to his um uh where on my uniform is this yeah doesn't it say colonel on my uniform somewhere or something like that like that was a season yeah. one thing wasn't it that was a season <laughs> one thing um but but from you know one of the things that that colonel o'neill wants is a recognition of the chain of command but he also wants those under him to think for themselves to be able to make decisions he does not want them to say, well, I was right. just following right, right, an right, order. Right. That's not right. an excuse that's going to fly with him. Right. Even if it's his right. order. Right. So. Okay. You know, and I Fair. think what we see in this situation, I think Hammond is the same way. Um, yeah. Now, there, there are times and places, and I think both of those men in their leadership roles have demonstrated, this is, okay, this is my order. Do it now. Yes. Conversation's finished. Stop talking. Stop thinking. Just follow. Yes. Um, and yet, there are many other times where it's like, this is the direction we need to go, you know, and and sometimes the direction of, you know, guard the gate um, might be what I actually said, 
but situations changed. I can't tell you what else to do. You need to be smart enough to do it yourself. Yep, yep. And I think that's Fair. what we see in this episode. And I think that's also probably in part what we saw last episode. Yeah, that's fair. I think I might be hypersensitive to it just because it's like, wait a minute, y'all, you gotta, you, you're part of the military. You gotta do your thing. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Yes, that's rational. That's reasonable. Uh, I said I had a second thing and now I forgot what my second thing is. Oh. So there's that. Uh, okay. Did I mention I'm tired? You have mentioned that, yes. Apparently I'm more tired than I think I am. Um, yeah. It happens. It happens. Oh, gosh, I swear I could, if I just think about it for more than, if I quit talking. Mm. So um, I am sitting in my uh, dining room mm -hmm. and I've got the lights on because otherwise <laughs> it gets very dark in here. Uh, my games, my board games are on the wall to my left. I've See, got here's quite the problem. a number of them. Um, I know is you're this hel helping I know you're, at all. Yeah, you're trying. I hear it. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you for trying to give me space to sit there and think of my idea while you fill in the dead time. I appreciate that. But unfortunately, I'm just listening <laughs> to you <laughs> and, and imagining your space because I bet, you know, so I'm, I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I can't remember what the second point is. It's fine. Um, all right. It was tangentially related to the rebellion problem that I think I see, but it's not it's not even there. Uh Oh, I remember. Hey, thanks, Zach. It worked. You're welcome. So at this point, um, I what point do they get renewed for a season six? Um, because you were talking about the, uh, you know, the 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 sort of oh yeah that the team that the team keeps winning and that the directors kind of want to be like all right well come on like what happens when the team doesn't win they want to create something complex and creating complexity. Seems like a curious move for the sunset of a series, right? Like, so I don't know I don't if you want to be introducing exactly, complexity like that. I can't remember exactly when they get renewed. Um, uh -huh. You know, I, I'm sure that somebody who has great researching capabilities would be able to find out precisely when that is. Um, that's not me. That's fine. But um, you know what I'm driving at, right? But, like, so so I will say this though that even now as they're looking at the end of their fifth season and maybe this is the end of the show the series maybe it's not um and i don't but the idea of doing a movie a stargate oh. movie after the fact was very much a real possibility i see so I much see. so that um the they had some basic ideas of what that movie would be like. And that actually makes it into, I don't remember if it's a season finale or a multi-parter in the middle of a season. I can't remember where it falls, but in a future season, I want to say season seven, but it might've been season, mm -hmm. might be actually in season six. I can't remember now. I'm fuzzy. Uh, but there is an episode that's coming up in a season or so that that was the movie script that they would have used if they had gotcha. ended the series. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. So okay. even though, even if at this point in time they are looking to end the series, and I can't remember where that is and when that happens. Right. And even right. once they get picked up by sci-fi for season six and following, uh, there's still a question for many years, um, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to be canceled? Are they going to keep going and all this stuff? I see, I see, um, yeah. 
Um, but even so, even with all of that uncertainty, the plan to continue to tell Stargate stories after the series ended mm-hmm. was churning. So there's value even then to maintain some of the um, the disruption and complexities mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's actually, I find that actually pretty darn interesting. Yes. Yeah. And when we get to the episode... Uh, whenever that is, that was sure. going to be the movie. I'm sure that I will make note of that at that yep. point in time. Sounds good. So right on. Uh, cool. All right. Well, Brent, mm-hmm. are we ready to lay down our chevrons for this episode? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into that. Yeah. So, how many? Um, How many chevrons do I want to give this episode after having a pretty good conversation about it? Which everybody knows is a factor in my decision making. If I have a good conversation, I'm more likely to give it more chevrons. I think that the questions were sufficiently interesting and well explored. Uh, The acting, my gosh, I mean, like, it's feel like a broken record. The acting was fantastic. The characters play their characters so well, so well. Deion Johnstone playing Shaka was great again. Like the interactions, I'm glad you brought up the interactions between Shaka and the Shy One because like that was fun. It was great. That was super duper good. Um, the bad guys are bad, right? You know, everything about it is great. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that does make me feel a little better about it. And then of course it's well shot. The settings all right. The settings are good. You know, still still Northwest uh, or yeah Pacific Northwest. I'm gonna give this one a four, but I'm feeling a little bad about it. Um, when I ended the episode, I was like, Meh. and then as we were talking about it, I was feeling a little bit more positively, but I wasn't sure I was going to get past a three. Uh-huh. And now when I'm actually kind of making the call, I'm going to go with a four. I'm going to go a little better than average. Um, and, uh, yeah, four out of seven. Okay. How about you? Fours. Um, so I like this episode way more than a four out of seven. Sure. Um, I think that. Uh, I mean, obviously the acting is great. I think Larry Drake does a tremendous job in that role of Barack. Um, yes. He he is a character that is definitely bad. Uh, you kind of um, can relate to him as much as you can't. Um, you know, so right. he you right. see in him the the hallmarks of bad guys, which believe that they're the good guys in their story. Um, yes, yes. You know, so that is, he's just a tremendous job. And of course, uh, Alex Zahara and Dean Johnstone is uh, the shy one. And Chaka uh, are just stellar in their performances. Yes. In those two roles. Um, and our characters, our heroes do their perfect thing. And I think that it's shot well. It's poignant. Um, the, you know, when, so during the commentary, Martin Wood was talking about this episode and it wasn't until after even he uh, and some of the, the production team watched the final cut where they realized that, holy smokes, we've actually got something really good here. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they knew they had a good story and a good script and, and all of this stuff. Um, but when it all came together and, you know, the soup was cooked and heated up and yeah, it was placed sure. on, your bo- on your table, uh, it was even better than what the sum of their parts were. Um, and I, I, that's kind of what I'm feeling for this episode. Um, yeah. And we had a good conversation. And I try to have the good conversations 
inter, you know, affect my ratings. Uh, I try to get that a little bit less than than I think you, um, but sure. it does affect me. Uh, and I think what this does is it just solidifies where I was leaning towards anyway, and I give this a yeah. six. Nice, yeah. Um, I, I think, I think that uh, this I is stand by my I think four, this is really good. But I think my four is again, it's driven. I mean, I, I hate to beat the dead horse or in this case the fatigue doors. Um, but you know, I mean, like I knew, I knew as soon as I finished the ep- as I was watching it, and and when I finished it, I'm just like, you know, like I don't know if I have the emotional horsepower right now to be in, like enjoying the story. So sure. I stand by it. That's my rule. I gave my predict or I gave my chevrons. I'm not going to change it. Um, however, I respect how that might be a little bit heavy handed. Yeah. Well, uh, dear listeners, uh, if you mm-hmm. want Brent to rewatch this episode and consider it <laughs> yes. anew, there <laughs> yes. are ways of doing that. There are ways. You're right. Indeed. All right. Well, shall we dig into our um, predictions? Yeah. I'm excited to hear what okay. people have to say about this one. So. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got a lot of comments on here. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so Nick says... Hi, Nick. Shaka Zoe. He doesn't really give a, a prediction here, but he does wonder if the Shaka Zoe was a nod to Shaka Zulu. And hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about Shaka Zulu to be able to speak to that. Shaka Zulu. Um, Austin says, "Oh, wow. king, king of the Zulu kingdom from 1816 to 1828." Oh, yeah, I can see the possibly. Tie. I can see the time. Yep. Anyway, okay. Austin says, "Hi, Austin." Apparently, Daniel is colonel and leader of SG One now, while O'Neill has been demoted to the rank of private. <laughs> Daniel's calling the, the shots, eh? This is a continuation <laughs> from a previous episode. We'll bump it up from middling a bit. It's interesting how Daniel was extremely passive at the beginning of the episode, espousing a no casualty belief. Then a night yeah. in the prison yeah. makes him gung ho to do whatever is necessary to get the Unas out. That's less Daniel, I think, than than O'Neill. No, Daniel um, took a shift. I noticed it too. Well, Daniel gets to a point after he's been tortured to just say, I am not going to argue about saving. Uh, I mean, normally he's the one about saving lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But uh, he gets frustrated there too. Uh, Austin continues, uh, fair enough, they didn't kill anyone, but I could see blood in his eyes. Also, the death of the Unas just to get the ransom information is justification enough for some retaliation for sure. Also, weren't the Unas in the first episode, they were introduced uh, much stronger. I feel as though they've received oh. downgrade in this episode. Uh, oh, yeah, inbreeding. In- so here, here's what I would say on that, is that when we saw the first one, who was Daniel or, or, or James Earl Jones voiced by. Yes. That was a Goulded That's Unas. That's true. That's right. And we know that the Gould uh, do increase the strength of their host. Yes. And if you have a strong being that the Unas are, and you have that enhanced by the Gua'uld, yeah, then, then you yes. get that. And he's super duper old. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion that the Unas are one of those types of creatures that only get stronger as they age yeah. until they finally die. Yeah. Uh, whenever that is. All right. Austin's rating is just a three out of seven chevrons. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Brent's going to give it four out of seven chevrons Ooh. because of the story continuation. And Zach, hard to say, but maybe also four, but possibly higher for Zach. Uh-huh. Also, I believe O'Neill can be seen before the credits uh, roll, shining Daniel's shoes and taking out some of the garbage. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Oh, I did want to. Oh, okay, stick a pin in this. We can't. We can't get into it. I think is there maybe maybe you could just say yes or no, Zach. Is there a team hey. O'Neill and a team Jackson in the fandom? Um. Well, there are certainly those people who like O'Neill, and there are certainly those people who like. Jackson, uh, is there a and rivalry? there are certainly some people who don't like Jackson. Um, there are, I suppose it's conceivable that there are people out there who don't like O'Neill as much. So no, um, no rivalry, no, no. Oh, way. I'm sure there's plenty of rivalry within. Oh, okay, the, all right. Um, anyway, okay. <clears throat> I I like both of them equally. I tend to uh, resonate a little bit more with Jackson because Jackson tends to approach the world in a way that's more similar to the way I do natively. Yeah. But I like them both. Yeah. And incidentally, Nick uh, responds to Austin and mm -hmm. mentions the strength of the Goulded Unas mm -hmm. that I just mentioned earlier. Yep. And Austin says, oh, cool. Okay. So we have Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, six chevrons for Brent, who will automatically give this one a <laughs> plus one for Chaka coming back. Chaka is great, and I hope he comes back again. I genuinely can't remember if he does or not. Uh, that might have been a piece of why I rated it so low because it was a favor. It was a good, wonderful character that I kind of just wanted the situation to be like pow, pow, you know, like punching, punching, like you know, punching Hitler in the face, mm. like Superman. So being like, yeah, let's get sure. these, let's get these friends out, and then it turned into a kind of a, a big old thing. Yeah. Uh, Sean says that uh, I'll give it a four and a half chevrons. Mm -hmm. It's a good story. Keeps you watching to find out what happens. And he think, thinks it's a five. Yep. Very um, sensible. Now we have JD. Hi, JD. This is a good episode that mm -hmm. I can see several different discussions coming out of. Mm -hmm. I'll go with a six from Brent for the Chaka and the discussion. And let's go five and a half from Zach for secret reasons. Secret reasons. <gasps> Does this episode have secret reasons in it? I am going to move Not on. Not at liberty to say. Okay. Oh. Um, well, mm. JD, you hit mine pretty close, and you rated the episode what I think Brent should have rated it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have uh, had a bagel for breakfast. All right. Here we go. Yes. Uh, Samantha says... Hi, Samantha. Um. Anyone else notice the typo? Yeah, thank you very much. For that. Uh, very different things. Uh, <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. Uh, um, I commented that David had to double check that. Okay, Anna. Okay, Anna. Anna says, "Hi, Anna. I think they're gonna have some really good discussion with this episode that yep, might yep. bump up the ratings, and the Unas are in it again. So another possible bump up." My gut is telling me to go with seven for Brent and Ooh. six for Zach, Ooh. but I also don't think that's right. I'll go with it, though. So seven chevrons for Brent and six for oh, Zach. I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> actually, you know, I I actually thought as I was watching this episode this time that around- That I'd go I all kinda, in, yeah. Uh, that, you know, this would be- the type of episode that you could have easily gone all in with. Yeah. Um, I suspect that if you had been in a different headspace. Yeah, probably so. Um, 
you would have approached it differently um, and it would have uh, given you a, a far greater fuzzier feeling. Yep. You're probably right. But you know what? But we watch you it in the context the space of our you were in, and exactly. that's all that matters. That's exactly right. So Julie says Hi Julie. I think they will like it. Five and a half for Zach and six for Brent. Yep. Reasonable. Very yep. reasonable. Yep. And Kimberly says Hi Kimberly. Zach will give it a six out of seven chevrons, and mm-hmm. Brent will give it also a six out of seven chevrons. Mm-hmm. Uh I think both of you will rate this episode highly. There's old friends, more consequences of yep. things that yep. G1 does. Uh, a great sci-fi story and excellent talking points and about slavery and rights. Yep. Yep. Okay. Very so good. that was that. And now nice. I need to come here and check this spot, see if there's any. Um, <clears throat> do to do. Okay, we're good there. Mm-hmm. And now we have at least one email. Nice. We have David's email. Hi, David. And he says that there is no funny Chevron bias buffer for this one. Nope. Probably so. Yep. I like this episode, says David. It's not great, but I liked it. It's probably even forgettable in the long run, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. Why? The humans on a former Gould planet are the bad guys, and that's kind of new to us. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yep. They may not strictly be evil, except for the one guy. They're really more like us from 180 years ago or so. It's a good hold-the-mirror-up-to-society-and-examine story, mm-hmm. and those can be very interesting. Of course, these people entered into the slave trade more out of revenge for being enslaved to themselves, but that does not make it right. Right. Brent will give it five chevrons because of more Chaka, the Unus. Mm-hmm. Zach will give it five and a half chevrons for the discussion it provokes. Very, very close. Very close. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So those were our... Predictions. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much, everyone, for responding and and joining us with that. Yes. Um, Now, Brent. Yeah. The next episode of Stargate SG-1 is entitled The Tomb. The Tomb. T-O-M-B. Tomb. Tomb. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's a tomb. It's a tomb. So what is The Tomb about? Uh, The Tomb. Part of me, part, I don't know if I can come up with a pun for that. I mean, I probably could if I give it enough time. You know, what? I'm gonna take, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go serious on this one. I'm not gonna go super funny. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try to make for an actual legit prediction. Okay. All right. All right. So here we go. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team traveled through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. On this world, they discover that they are. Inside part of a large complex of, we're, we're throwing it back. We're part of a large complex of what appear to be ancient Egyptian uh, hieroglyphic places, things. Wow, brain's really on fire this morning. Super great. Like a tomb, like a, uh, like a pyramid, like a pyramid, like a tomb. Blah blah blah. But the point okay. is, is that what we're going after here is we are finding at the the base for uh, Osiris. Right, that's who we're missing right now. That's where she, that's her name. That's sure, the one. Yeah. Yes, yep, Osiris. Yep. We were finding the secret lair of Osiris. Once again, bringing back the 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 terrifying reality of an extremely powerful Gua'uld who was entombed or imprisoned in a tomb. Whatever. And it was bad, and she escaped, and now it's bad again. And now it's now 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 we're in a real bad situation. I can't think of it. <sighs> 
join us next time on Stargate SG-1. <laughs> when we so, watch the tomb. <laughs> all right. Wow. Wow. I mean, there are predictions where I like auger it in because I try to make a joke happen and it just doesn't work. As I mentioned, I was actually trying to go for something serious. Yeah, like I'm actually seriously saying maybe this one's going to be about Osiris. We haven't seen her in a while and that'd be fun. Um, and then my brain was like, yeah, great. You already said that. And now I'm going to give you nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can I can empathize with that. My I'm brain glad. often will say, yeah. here's a great idea. And I'm like, okay, do you want to expound on that? And it's like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for Sometimes, nothing, brain. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes brevity is the call of the, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Nope. All right. I got nothing, well, so. Shall we watch the promo for the two? Yes. Let's. Uh, I am 90% set up. Hold on. Okay. I know that everything's saved in its proper spot. It's just uh, I'm not in the right spot. There we go. Okay, I am ready. All right, I am ready. I'm hitting go now. Next time on Stargate SG-1, an unusual discovery leads to a joint mission. The Russians have been pushing for more direct involvement in the Stargate program for some time. They're on their way. Okay. Major Valarin, Lieutenants Marchenka, and Tolinyev. The search for the missing Russian Stargate team leads to a horrifying discovery. Uh-oh. If these men disappeared 10 months ago, how could one of their bodies completely decompose that fast? Oh, boy. Didn't decompose. The skeleton's covered in tiny teeth marks. Something ate this guy? Oh, no! What terrors oh. await them when they open the Oh, no, it's the sarcophagus! Why are you opening up the sarcophagus? Oh. Sarcophagus keep one alive indefinitely. It's all next time on Stargate SG One. What is that? No, uh, oh. no Osiris, or at least nothing, uh, nothing, nothing. Obviously, so interesting. Mm. But we're gonna but have we a get joint. Russians. Yeah, we get a joint. We get a joint mission with the Russians. The Russians. We get to yes. we get to enjoy a Russian accents the entire time. If if you want to do that, you can do that. Enjoy them. Or, or well, talk like this the to, entire time. I see. That's what you want to do. You can do that. For, the, for our next episode? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Once you, upon a please. long time ago, uh, when I was in high school, I was the master of ceremonies for a talent show. And there was a shtick at the start where I was coming in like with some crazy French accent. Um, and I ended up sticking with it for the entire show. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Um, I, I don't... People, people were. People said they were impressed. I'm not actually sure. You know, it's one of those things where high school me was like, "Wow, people were impressed," and I'm not actually sure. They, they might have just been being nice. Like, oh. that's, that's a distinct possibility. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to do a Russian accent for the entire show next time. That okay, fair enough. Yeah, but we do get the Russians next week. Yes. Um, and uh, I do want to give a special thanks to David for the promos. Yes, thank you, David. Uh, appreciate them every time. Uh, this is an episode where I say, tell us what you think. Yes, there was please. a lot here that, that uh, could be more, much more could be said. So please uh, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation as we dig more into the Beast of yes, Burden. Yes, indeed. Um, and with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.